Ladies and gentlemen, you are now listening to the Talking Nonsense About Impact Wrestling Podcast. Cross the line in three, two, one. Hello everyone, yes, it's me, it's me, it's the M-I-C, Craig, a.k.a. Mr. Impact for the TAIW channel. This is episode 69, and alongside me, as always, are the uh, Jesse Goddess and DJ Izzy, to my Robbie E, <laughs> Max and Jeff. <laughs> no, I'm I'll taking take it. it. That was beautiful, Craig. Beautiful. Uh, so... Craig, Craig taking the lead there. Uh, as you know, if you're a continuous listener of our show, this is his last uh, formal one with us uh, as far as every Saturday night here live on Twitch. Uh, he will be moving to a BST time show, uh, which is awesome as we try to expand into our, our UK market, as the kids say. Uh, Craig is moving on up like the goddamn <laughs> It's a bigger and better thing. But that will be called Talking Bloody Nonsense. We'll give you more information as we go throughout the show. Uh, And uh, it'll be a fun one. As he said, it's episode 69. Uh, So it makes a lot of sense since we're dropping you, Craig. 69 is usually a two-man show. Uh, Anyway... (laughs) uh, So so, it's fitting. Uh, Good times. Uh, But... uh, I digress. What I'm I, uh, to transli- transition for no apparent reason. Uh, I'm wearing my DJ Z, uh, DJ Z. Holy shit! DJ Two Large shirt uh, for a reason. I I'd wear it a lot. Yes, but um, IPWF returns December 18th uh, live from Kentucky. So who knows what we will see? Uh, it, it's going to be a good time. Uh, I'm excited for it. You never know what you're going to get, especially live with them. Uh, and and they're plugging away on it, so it should be something special. I, I doubt it's going to be anything, uh, you know, monumental, but it'll be enjoyable uh, if you like that kind of stuff. December eighteenth, live on uh, their YouTube, uh, and is it on Fight? Do they still do it on Fight? I should know these things. Yeah, yeah. Fight, Fight Plus and YouTube. Plus and YouTube, yeah. So uh, look out for that. It should be a good time. Uh, but Craig. Uh, why don't you hit us uh, for old time's sake uh, with a little bit of numbers don't lie? Yeah, so as you can see just below Max, uh, uh, the numbers that we've reached this week, some up, some down, but heading in the right direction for sure. Maybe Jeff can give us a little more detail on that, but it's up in the right direction in most places. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you, you know, we continuously grow uh, on Twitch, which we thank you one by one, episode by episode. Uh, as I said, when we hit episode 100, we'll have 100 Twitch followers. So <laughs> subscribe, so it'll be nice. Um, but uh, speaking of that, in, in the community that uh, we'd like to think that we've uh, we've grown, uh, we want to talk about you, the YouTube, YouTube commenters. Uh, if you audio listeners... Uh, want to comment as well feel free to write us at tnaiw channel we have a great uh, twitter handler now ao shout out to ao who's doing killing it um let's see so here we go it'll make it a little easier i did it as a video so we can they might go fast but we'll figure it out there we go all right let's start this one right here 
This comes from Hakeem Fullerton, our buddy Hakeem. I had one last week as well. 2021 has been the most transformative year in modern impact history since 2018 for many of headline-grabbing news involving their partnerships or who's showing up on the product to amount of good work the company has done behind the cameras and in front of the camera. Hey, some impact praise. Kudos, and I agree. I agree as well. Next up. Nauris, forgive me if I'm pronouncing the song, Nauris Shukri, I think. Uh, great job, guys. Good to see another Impact podcast. Hey, two for two on the positive vibes. Yeah, let's see. There are some wrestlers on Impact roster that just aren't that... Okay, we're two, two out of three ain't bad. Uh, the best, lamest 20, a avid uh, commenter of ours. There are some wrestlers on the Impact roster that just aren't that good, and with all the releases, they can easily sign much better talent. Uh, all love here. Uh, obviously, you watch the product, and as well as ours, so thank you. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm actually interested. I'd like to know who they... Well, let's be realistic, though. Your entire roster can't be Rock, Austin's, and Triple H's. You need some people who maybe, maybe not necessarily, not bad people, but people who aren't going to come off looking like superstars. Even if you look at AEW, as people talk about how amazing they are, there's people in AEW whose record is like 2-57. and 57. Like, they're just there to get smashed. So you're going to have some guys who aren't supposed to look super impressive in the ring because that's not their job. Their job is to make other people look better. So it's I think it's hard to tell sometimes who's good and who's not because, like, if you looked at, like, the – like, um, Hugh Morris, if you think of him back with Goldberg, if you go back to the – Watch the documentary where where Goldberg talks about him wrestling Hugh and how Hugh basically like kind of guided him through. Although Hugh was great in the ring, never once was I like, man, that, that Hugh Morris yeah. guy. I think, I think he's a threat to the title. He's so amazing. He was just good at making other people look good, so they put him in those things. So I, I wonder if it's that. The people on the roster that I would say aren't excellent um, – I don't know. I, I don't think. Uh, let's not. Let's not uh, get too deep into it. Let's because uh, we got a few other I, ones. But the only one I can think of off the top of my head is like Brandy Loren is kind of green. Like, but she's but she's looking a lot better. But outside of that, their men's division, talent wise, I think it's incredibly talented. There may be people you don't think are stars, but they still have a lot of talent. All right. Well, best lamest 20. Thank you. Keep them coming. Uh, always love the different perspectives. Uh, 2021 was a year. This is Hakeem again. Thank you, buddy. 2021 was a year that saw names like Matt Cardona, Jay White, Suzuki, Savannah Evans, Taylor Wilde, Private Party, Omega, Kaz, and Daniels, Kojima, Matt Hardy, Finjuice, Drama King, Ziggy Dice, Rachel Ellering, Chelsea Green, and Thunder Rosa, among many others, competing for Impact Wrestling. Enough said. Hey, back on the positive. I agree. I agree. I think our roster is uh, is jam-packed. Uh, I think there's different levels to it, and I think everyone... There's no one on there now that I'm just like, meh. So, happy with that. Uh, I think we should have one or two more. I think uh, this is side uh, Cider Blurry 25. I think we, with AEW having a huge roster and ROH releasing all their talents, Impact is really the only option some of these released wrestlers can go... Um, I think there's uh, some debate on that, um, but we'll see. I, I think there's there's a few reasons that I, I 
think there's other places, but uh, here we go. Side Cider Blurry 25. Is that again or is that another? Uh, I think the distribution deal that some fans were talking about is probably the Anthem buying a film distributor company to add 3,000 movies to their library. I don't think it helps impact when it comes to making Access TV more available. Yeah, I don't know. There was uh, We haven't heard anything since. So, if they add 3,000 movies to their library and on Access TV is movies that people watch, it'll get people to watch it. Because let's be realistic. If if you have access and you're not an Impact fan, you're not going to flip through and think, oh, my gosh, I got to watch old rockers from the 80s right. talk about their <laughs> right. life. Like, but if you get if you get a movie, you're like, oh this, oh, this is cool. You may continue to check that channel and then may see the ads and watch. So I think that could definitely benefit them for growing access as a viewership within the people that already have the channel who may not watch. Good points. Uh, we have a lot of that kind of talk coming up in our top five uh, hot topics. Really excited about that. Uh, but we finally have the return of the power rankings. And if you're just tuning in uh, on Twitch, uh, just a reminder: this is Craig's last show on this episode. On this, uh, I want to say channel, and I want to say episode on this, on this show. show. <laughs> I want. It just on sounded weird. Show. I want to say <laughs> show twice. Anyways. Uh, anywho, uh, Craig, with this is his last episode, thank you. There on we this go. That's show. what I was trying to say. Uh, Treehouse, uh, Craig, why don't you why don't you take us out uh, to power rankings for the last time, my friend? Let's see if I'm disappointed with these power rankings. Yeah, so it's power rankings from this week's episode of Impact on Access TV. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Let us know either way, uh, and we know that you <laughs> will. Who's at number one? Who's at number ten? Let's find out. Hi there, this is Tato with Three Years of Wrestling, and here's your TNA IW Top 10 for this week. <laughs> Number 10, Knockout World Champion, Mickey James. Number 9, The Soldiers, William Mack and Rich Swan. Number 8, Knockout Tag Team Champions, The Inspiration. Number 7, Exhibition Champion, Trey Miguel. Number 6, Rachel Alring. Number 5, Thirst Shop, Chris Sabin. Number 4, Eddie Edwards. Number 3, The Debuting Jonah. Number 2, Number 1 Contenders, W. Morrissey and Matt Cardona. Number 1, Impact World Champion, Moose. That was your top 10 Impact Wrestlers of the week. Do you agree? Let us know at TNAIW channel. Back to you guys. Do you agree? At, uh, these ratings get my stamp of approval. Hey. Because our champion was number one overall. I think every, this is uh, one of the... F oh, no, Jordan didn't make it. but uh, or, or in the Good Brothers, but... Uh, most of the other champions. Yeah, but yeah, but for the longest time, the Kenny Omega hatred kept him off the top ten when the man was the world champion. Not for me. Uh, but with that being said, as Craig mentioned, at TNAIW channel, like we said, AO's uh, taking over that and killing it. Uh, you can see him in the chat right here as well. Every Saturday, usually here as well. Uh, so go go socialize with them. Uh, we're going to go right to Hot Topics. Uh, but if you want to join the Power Rankings Committee and make a difference instead of just yell at us, uh, <laughs> uh, write us, join it. It costs nothing. It takes nothing but 30 seconds. It's a good time. Camaraderie. Yeah. All right. Unity. 
Equality, that's what it was. Equality. All right, Craig. Let's go. All right, let's kick off these hot, hot topics. Going in, number one is impact on Access TV. We had Matt Cardona kicking off the show before uh, a little scrap between him and Moose, then Morrissey and Eddie. Then we had Chris Sabin defeating the Drama King in a very confusing segment for me. Didn't just with Dionne getting involved and on commentary. Uh, Jonah just destroys Jay Vidal. Which, uh, Rachel Ellering defeated Savannah Evans. Willie Mack and Rich Swan defeat Violent by Design before VBD attack Heath, uh, Mack and Swan afterwards, saved by Heath and Rhino. And in the main event, uh, Eddie Edwards and Matt Cardona defeat Moose and W. Morrissey before Morrissey turns on Moose. And at the end of that, before the impact went off air, Scott Demore announced at Hard to Kill it will be Matt Cardona versus W. Morrissey versus Moose for the Impact World Championship. Thoughts, feelings on this show? Go for it. Uh, Jeff, starts off. All right. I'm excited about that. All right. Uh, Would you wrap oh, second? No, I'm excited. Okay, I thought maybe Wait, do you want to go first? You go first. You go first. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So first off, not impact related, but Big E is doing the entrance, the intro for Iowa football in the Big Ten Championship. Thought that was interesting. Go, go, wrestling. Um, so overall, I like the episode. Um, I thought it was really good. One of I wanted the reason why I wanted to go first is because I really want to talk about my favorite part of the episode, which I have a feeling is going to be nobody else's, and clearly wasn't Craig's. Um, was the Chris Sabin, Matthew Raywald match because Deanna was on commentary and they talked a lot about her on commentary. And I liked that a lot because it reminded me of something that WWE used to do like in like WCW, like back in the attitude days where like the Monday night wars, where they would have somebody on commentary who wasn't like, going to be in the match or wasn't going to be like it's not like oh I'm going to be wrestling this person so I'm down here like they're separate from the match and they kind of use the match as almost a backdrop to be like hey let's talk about you in a way and I really like that I thought it was really well done um the match just seemed as kind of like I don't want to say filler, but it's kind of seemed to be the backdrop of them discussing like Deanna, what she's doing, what her plans are. And it was just a different way to do it other than, Hey, let's go to the back and hear Deanna talk about herself. So I just, I really liked that as a, like as a way to do things. And I think I'm really, I'm, I was happy impact did it and I hope they do more of it with other matches because I just think it's a really interesting thing. So that's where I want to go first. I really want to talk about that. I know Craig hated it. I can already see him rolling his eyes. Um, whatever. No more, no more of that. Uh, but no, so I like that. Uh, but overall, I thought it was a good episode. Um, I thought that the debut, my brain just stopped working about what, what his name is. Um, Jonah, thank you. I was I kept thinking the whale. The whale swallowed Jonah. Um so I thought he looked good. I'm excited you know the Bible story of Jonah and the whale? Okay. Um but I think he looked good. I'm interested to see where he goes. Like is he someone that get that instantly gets like shot up? Do they maybe possibly stick him in the X division for a little while? Does he maybe go to 
after the um, digital media. Like, where does he go right away? Because he definitely has some star power with him. I think he is a big signing. So I'm interested to see kind of what happens there. Um, But overall, I thought it was a good episode. Um, I'm really excited. I mean, long term, I'm really excited for this triple threat. I also really liked the Matt Cardona's intro, like his when he was giving out his um, when he was talking at the beginning with his promo and Moose coming in. Um, I thought that was really well done as well. Kind of kind of a little um, like you kind of had a feeling Morris he was going to come down and oh, it's, it's Eddie's going to come for the save. But I still liked I still thought it was really well done. Uh, so overall, I really liked the episode. I thought it was good. Um, but I just want to talk about primarily the Dion thing because that was my I was super happy when they did that. I enjoyed that. So, uh, well, I'll address that first. Uh, I'm I'm in between you guys. Uh, I loved it for everything you just said, because look, what it does all in one weird segment, uh, as it for me it turned out to be, which I, I agree with Craig in a little bit. But first, for every reason you said it is correct, Diana needs to continue her story. We can't put her on a farm. We can't put her backstage. Can we contractually obligate her to be ringside and have to do commentary? Yes. So for the character they're trying to force on her, or the the illusion of mysteriousness that she has, or where she's been training, like she's been in the fucking heart dungeon or something. National landmark now, by the way. Uh, So good for them. Uh, Canadian national landmark? Okay. I know it's not a U.S. national. That would be hard. Uh, I mean, take one of things over. We're everywhere, aren't we? (laughs) We just took over the heart Um, dungeon. So yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're trying to give her this. uh, I I don't. I don't want to say AJ. uh, No one or one only one or whatever the damn era was when he was emo AJ. Um, But it feels like that. Uh, So we'll see where that's going. But at the same time. This gets Drama King on television. It lets them do another Last Week on Impact Wrestling or Last Week on ImpactWrestling.com segment, which I really love those little things. It's ways to put together matches with names that are familiar but have nothing to go off of. Uh, And I dig that because you could say, well, why the fuck are these two wrestling? Well, Last Week on ImpactWrestling.com, Matthew Raywalt and Saban got into it over his t-shirt or whatever the hell the storyline was there. Um, so it's a different way to do it. I think the issue was, um, the components should all work. They did not in this formula. The formula works. The components did not. I think Deanna being on commentary to talk about herself would work a la Tessa when she debuted. Uh, it didn't take away from the match. The reason was they still talked about the match. Now they did in this case for the most part. But you obviously knew that she was the focus instead of masking it as she's out there for her friend and she's, yes, she's the focus. I don't know. I, I just wish they there was a nice balance. I think it hurts the cause when the person you're interviewing or trying to on commentary says like three words at a time. They're all generic. Um, and she's supposed to be low-key and, oh, I was, you don't know where I was, the arm bar, then she's heel, then she's, so I, I get that, it was, it was wonky. So the execution was wonky, but the formula and I think it was passable overall. I don't think there's, it, it, I thought this was a good show, um, <clears throat> except that was a little weird for me. 
but other than that, I, I pretty much enjoyed it. I thought the inspiration uh, and Tennille thing works beautifully. That was a, a funny segment. Uh, Tennille being back and then confused that there's an inspiration, or excuse me, yeah, that there's an inspiration that they're that they're Australian as well, and they see each other, and you think it's going to be a fight, and you pay attention to Madison. I think it's really interesting that these three Aussies are are, are buddy-buddy right from the get, and uh, Madison looks, you know, obviously she's had her beef with them over while Tennille's been gone, Um, but I I think there could be something to that. I don't think the beautiful people are coming back, but you never say never, right? Um, So really interesting stuff there. I love that because the same goes for the drama king when he does his little backstage thing or... um, as Max said, the first segment uh, opening the show, the out front ring, it just feels like they're utilizing a lot of different parts of the show, segments of the show for a lot of different, it's a variety show, and I like that, and there used to be a form of impact maybe when the weird years there, uh, or when Anthem just took over, um, it, it, right there where it was like a, um, a variety show, but not in the good way, meaning it was like from this dark indie here, this dark indie here. I think this is a, is a nice blend of giving you comedy, entertainment, all that at once. Um, with that being said, I am ready for Hard to Kill because I'm ready for them to be in Dallas. Um, I think it's nice to see when they do the pan out shot that there's, um, that there's a, a much bigger crowd past just these sides there. But I would love to see this kind of variety show this kind of entertainment on all facets in front of a much larger crowd much larger i'm i'm one i'm trying to figure out what the how many shows did they film here like how many episodes Was they'll be four? done on the eighth the, the like literally when uh or excuse me um is it the eighth hard to kill will be the beginning of their new cycle okay so this past one was a lot or so the eighth, right. so the eighth is, is the is last there one, one more taping craig do you know uh no i think it's be finished by IPWF. There'll be two weeks of uh, best of, and then oh. to kill. M- maybe they'll do one, but I can't. I can't really see it. But holidays, duh. Yeah. Yeah. So bound for glory. Okay, and now these tapings. I just want to make sure happened after the. These aren't. This wasn't from Bound for Glory. This was Turning Point. Turning Point's tapings. And when was Turning Point? Was it a month ago? So was it was it four tapings? It's about two weeks ago. Um, well, while you guys are looking that up, I, I'm going to continue on a few notes that I had here. Obviously, I want bigger crowds. Uh, I, I think the the talent deserves it. The backstage, the the creative deserve it. The people who run that place deserve it. Uh, it's too good of a product no longer to be. So I, I want to make a mention of that. Uh, the other thing, uh, Jonah. What a fucking get Jonah is. I, I don't, you know, he's obviously going for the world title, to answer your question. I mean, he said it straight up, like, I I, I appeared at strong to challenge Moose, and now I'm going after the world title. Uh, Do you think they'll, send, they'll hotshot him right to that, though? I mean, he's, he destroyed Jay Vidal. I, I think they'll give him Samoa Joe-like push. Where that ends, I, I don't know. I don't know. I hope not, because that would mean it's probably short-term, but with the new Japan connection, I, I think it's it's long-term. It, the, the reason I keep thinking yeah. that is he said in an interview prior, when he knew he was going 
to one place. He said, oh, it's looking like two. Um, definitely one, but yeah, definitely looking like two now. And I would take that as personally impact then New Japan, but because of this, the, the visa. But I don't know. I, I don't know what that entail, what he had announced. He announced New Japan first, obviously. Um, but uh, I'm not going to lie and say I know uh, visas. But either way, uh, I'm excited that he's there. EY is so damn good that everything they're doing with the camera work and, and all the different stuff they, they try out with this group on promos is phenomenal. Um, everything about it. I dig it. I said this a couple weeks ago, so if you're new to the show, uh, I'll say it again. And if you're not, I, I hope you bear with me, but I'll try to make it short. EY, when he first came to there, is my jam. TNA from Team Canada, Showtime Eric Young, Blonde Hair, Don't Fire Eric after that, Super Eric to a lesser extent. Like all that funny, fun time Eric is great. That's who I always think of. Then he tried World Elite. And it was like, eh, nah, he's still that other Eric Young, right? Fast forward, he's world-class maniac. Start to believe him, but he's still that Eric Young to me. This Eric Young is who I think Eric Young's supposed to be. This comes first now in my thoughts before I think of Showtime Eric Young. So I think he's killing it with this. I think this is the, the resurrection of of his, I mean, not resurrection. He's been in a great place, but I just, I can't get over how much he's changed uh, my mind in the past few years. This is what he should have been in the WWE, and they just... Well, in NXT it was, and then they just right. kind of lost it. Um, so he kind of had it there, and then just continued it. Um, so yeah, so it was the 20th. So I just, I'm just i trying to I'm trying to look to see like how long they're at, e- at each location. Because I would really like them to eventually get to the point where they're moving enough to maybe where they do two tapings. So, like, one and then another and then go yeah. to something else. Um, because, like you said, I like – it is it is interesting to see when they go to a new location, one, to see what the setup is. Is it larger? What's the crowd yeah. like? Because hopefully as you move, you get new people in there. Um, because there's something for me about seeing the same dudes over and yeah. over in the crowd. And you're just like, okay, I, I can tell it's the same people. Yeah, like it's yeah, I agree with you there, and, and I, I think they're they're getting the Twitch specials back to being live. We got our pay per views for a year, whatever. Um, now we're getting tapings every two to three weeks. It seems like, or somewhere in three weeks. I think I think if they get there, so I think that's smart. if they could get to two weeks, then they get to a live one and then a taped one, a live one, then a taped one. I think they they would be in a good place. Uh, it seems that who's that AO that said that? According to the YT guy, YouTube guy, they're going. Okay, yeah. two weeks ago, two day tape. They're going to Fort Lauderdale, Florida, after Dallas. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, cool. That, that I'm happy with. Uh, but no, I mean, I am interested with Jonah. I like his look. I'm interested to see though. Like, do they send him right against Moose? Because I feel like he's one of those people that you could be well, able sure for a will. while. I'm just saying that he said world titles his goal. That's what I'm saying, but I know, I know I'm saying he said, I'm just wondering if, if they, like, if him saying that, is that their goal would say, hey, let's get him into a quick title shot, and then he's going to do go do New Japan and then maybe come back, or is it going to be like, hey, this is his goal, but we're going to push him. You know, I just, it's always interesting to see where they push people um, and how they decide to use him. Is it a slow build? Well, we'll find um, out. Is it Crimson, where they, make, right, where they talk right, about his undefeated right, shit and he loses? But I'm just saying, like, is it, it undefeated loses and then nothing 
like which is always so i mean it's always interesting for me to see when you get somebody new how that build goes so all right let's keep this rolling i'm moving on to something that's happening as we speak nwa uh hard times 2 is currently taking place and on that card we have Mickey James defending the Knockouts Championship against Kira Hogan. And speaking of the Knockouts, it's also been rumored that Gail Kim will be, be re- emerging as a new authority figure for the Knockouts division. How do we feel on this NWA partnership? Is it boosting? And is the Gail Kim uh, authority figure a right move? Jeff? Um, I'll make it short and sweet because we kind of uh, blamed on that one. Um, where the Forgive us if we go a little over, guys, today. But um, NWA partnership, I'll, I'll make it pretty simple. What it does for me and what it does for the company, what it does for Impact is uh, it uh, it fixes some, it rebuilds a bridge. Um, slowly but surely, they're winning back fan bases. I think uh, the NWA fan base was probably Impact haters. Uh, not just, just Impact haters, but NWA fans, but they probably most likely hated Impact. Um, so... Being a part of that and, and letting them dip their toes in, and I know we'll get it to GCW in a second uh, at number four, but we need to start winning over these people so the crowds can get bigger. And it, it, all of this plays hand in hand, right? What we just talked about and what we're about to talk about uh, going forward on the show. We just... the, the uh, I'll save that for the GCW thing. I'll save it for GCW. But when it comes to the partnership, what it does for me, um, it, it doesn't do much. I, I really don't. I, I care about the uh, the actual titles because uh, they have history. I care about the lineage. I care about the name value. Uh, I would love if we had a second show and it was NWA TNA. I think that would be dope. But let's call a spade a spade. That show has nobody on there except maybe three that anyone would really care about i mean i mean maybe there's more and, and i don't mean that any disrespect i just mean that if they were to close down tomorrow who are the folk that people say oh that that guy oh my god look at this person's a free agent i don't know and and that's just the business model they have it, it's not a shitting on them they're not saying they're a you know the old nwa um but i just think when we're talking about what it does for the company or what it does for me, it just, it doesn't do much. Um, but anything you can do to spark up interest without having to do, uh, much on your end, take it. Thanks. So I'm trying to look through to see who's on their roster and I can't find anybody. Like they don't have a it's roster. Very... I mean, from what it looks like, it looks like people may just be per appearance. I don't know if they have very many officially, like, signed people, but I could be wrong. Um, but I, I kind of agree with Jeff. In in terms of the um, Mickey James versus uh, oh, yeah. Kira Hogan, I mean, it's almost like we could have had that match in Impact, but somebody wants to go wrestle on the... AEW dark, yeah, AEW the Ocho and never be seen again. But hey, to, to each their own. Um, everybody makes their own decisions. So I'm, I kind of agree with you. I think it's so. You, I'll go. I'll talk about um, 
the Monday Night Wars, they talk a lot about on the Monday Night Wars. One of the things that they realized was you had WCW fans and you had WWE fans. They didn't, they weren't always, they didn't overlap a lot. You were what you were. And I kind of feel like that could be the case with NWA. Obviously, you're not going to, your hardcore WWE fans, hardcore AEW fans are going to look at Impact, NWA, probably Ring of Honor, and say, those guys are the minor leagues. I'm not watching them because they don't have the big production values. But there are people out there who like ROH, NWA, who are okay with the production value being a little bit less, and just, I like the wrestling. And I agree with you that if you can reach out, connect with those people, and get them to come back and give Impact a shot, it is a good thing. Are you ever going to be like right there with AEW and WWE? No, but you don't have to be. You can be, we've talked about it before, you can be ECW as long as you have, as long as you run it correctly, and that's fine. If ECW was run correctly, they could have survived. They weren't. So it's, and I I completely agree with you there. Um, In terms of what it gets us, I kind of agree with like I don't I don't know who they have like um their women's division is good they have yep. some good women's wrestlers so bringing them over may be a really good thing I think they have some women's tag teams which would be great to add to the knockouts tag team division just because it any type of like tag teams that you can stick together especially if they have history just help bolster your division so I think that'll be good. Uh, but for their men's division, I mean, outside of Nikki James, who you don't like, um, who I think a lot of people kind of feel is kind of eh, I, I don't know who they have that impact would be like, man, we've got to get that guy. This would be a big signing. Um, so I, I think it'll help. I agree with you. I think it'll help grow viewership. I think it'll help the knockouts division. Uh, but for the men-wise, not a huge deal there. Um, and Gail Kim as an authority figure, I think that's great. I like authority figures when they're not like when there's not huge storylines mm-hmm. built around them. When it's just like, hey, I'm the person in charge. Hi. I I like having an authority figure that people can go to from time to time and say, Hey, I wanna I wanna make a match because I've always found it a little bit weird that people are like, you know what? I'm wrestling you tomorrow. Right. What? Like you don't like no one in the UFC is like, bro. We're doing this. Okay, I guess so. We're putting you in the next pay-per-view, whatever. Like, there's always somebody right. above who makes those decisions. So I like having someone that kind of is over the knockouts that's not, like, built into a story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And um, what I was – it just sparked my uh, – something I had written down here. But about Demore, Scott Demore in this last episode, as much as we may dislike or laugh at all the segments he's in, it felt like – they're intentionally doing it to make him look overwhelmed. All the knockouts are bothering him. They all want the ultimate X. They all, you know, all of these things. When is Scott going to finally say, what the, like, I need help. Like, you know, Scott, or, you know, Don leaving in storyline. I don't know if he actually, you know, they'll pull that card, but I have a lot of work. I need some help. Gail Kim would be perfect for the knockouts. I think it also breaks up that monotony of too much Scott Demore. Cause I love Scott on camera. But I don't want it to be watered down or diluted because 
you know, of oversaturation, essentially. Um, so I think her being out there helps. And as we said before, if they're going to take these world championships, the knockouts and the, the, the men's world championship, um, what would you call it? Heavyweight? No, it's the world championship. And then the world what? knockout championship. Yeah, the Impact World Heavyweight Championship and the Knockout. Oh, they're heavyweight. Okay. Um, I mean, think or the Knockout. Yeah, that's or the Knockout. Mm, yeah. Semantics. I don't um, know. Anyways, uh, if we're gonna present them as such, Moose. Yep. Impact World Champion. Impact Knockouts World Champion. That's their official okay. titles on the website. Um, so if that's the case, and we're going to treat them as equals, which they should be, and I really feel like we're getting to that because the knockouts division is just as important as it was back in the day, and, and that's pretty dope, and it's only going to get better. Then you have to say that we're going to present them both as champions. Sometimes that means Mickey's going to have the opening segment. Sometimes that means uh, Moose is going to have it. Uh, somewhere. So I like this because it breaks up the monotony of having just that as you said even though it's better to have an authority figure i feel like uh to have too much of one is is not as good so to have two that give you a little difference and, and keep gail on camera i mean gail's a, is an icon obviously uh in, in women's wrestling and then on top of that she's a, a legend of and a hall of famer for impact so the pope is in yeah, nwa that's who we're bringing that's who we're signing up to get is the pope so that money can rain from the sky. Everybody yeah. thinks it's Okada and then the Pope come. Yeah. Alright, let's move it on to number three. Try and keep this as short as we can because I imagine four or five might take a bit more time. But it, they're back. The, the ratings, the TV ratings are reportedly up. I don't know the particulars because it's something, not, something I really see, not, not something I tend to pay attention to. But Good, bad, uh, indifferent, max on the TV ratings. I mean, we've talked about it before. I mean, the ratings, they are what they are. It's a horribly inaccurate system. Um, the I would love to know, and I, I don't, like, when I was watching on through Sling TV, did that go into the ratings? I'm obviously no. not a announce it but like but do they have that so stuff like that like it's it's horribly inaccurate it's there's other ways to watch beside that we've talked about doesn't go into it is it nice that they're going up sure the only thing that matters to me is 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 access happy with or is anthem happy with the numbers impact is doing if they are and i don't care if there's six people watching if they're like yes this is what we want yeah good for them if they want the ratings, if they're like, we wish we were, the ratings aren't where we want them to be, then I want to see them. Like, that's that to me is all that matters is what does Anthem think of these ratings? Yeah. Uh, it, as Deanna said, a commentary, I'd rather die um, than talk about. She didn't say talk about ratings, but that's what I'm going to say. Uh, I'm going to make this short and sweet as well. We obviously go into it all the time. Um, it, you know, Here's the way I look at it is just like I'll tell you to go out and vote. Um, I'm going to tell you that uh, this system here is broken. There's no voting here. They don't know who's watching what. No one's going to a poll. 
That's 38,000 households in America. Okay. Then what they do is the demographic. And then you take and say, okay, well, population in general in the United States is 12% African-American. So as long as we get those boxes in 12% of African-Americans' homes, that is a that is a, a tick of what people watch. That's how they do it. It is broken down to a mini America, essentially, of all different nationalities uh, and ethnic and, and income-based backgrounds as well. And there you are. Does it represent the whole country? No. Because what you're coming into is if a elderly white family in Virginia Beach, Virginia, Max, has, has a box, a Nielsen box, what are they watching? Now you can say, well, what about AEW? They get the, it's all about where them boxes are. If you live with your yeah. family or your grandparents, odds are the demographic is going to be a, a lot younger. I'm going to let you know, anytime I go over to my mom's and my dad's house, there's one of like five shows on. It's either Gunsmoke, Reruns, Naked and Afraid, Ice Road Truckers, Alaskan Bush People, or something to do with like that buying yeah. houses. That's the yeah. only things they watch. That's it. So when apparently Gunsmoke is getting 20,000 more people watching it because that's my mom is like, mm. like when I was like, mom, you, you should switch to Hulu. She's like, well, can I get Gunsmoke? I'm like, technically, yes, you can. Yeah. Like, that's it. That's all like, that's yeah. all they care about. They, the, the bot, if I still live there, we'd be doing, we'd be doing good. Cause I'd be, well, we don't, they don't get access, <laughs> but like, that's yeah, like point nah, being, it's, whatever. It, it's, it's an outdated system. Uh, here's the way uh, to, to easily explain it. When I say 38,000 household doesn't take the measurement. It was outdated. Uh, people say it works. Okay. If the science, if the, um, sorry, I got mentally distracted. Um, if there were, when it was invented, I think 1950 or 60 something, how many channels were there? What was the formula? How, how many? Five. Five, six, seven, eight. I don't know. Okay. That's... So Nielsen ratings were invented in a time that had the variable in one thing and now 20 40 50 whatever years later are multiplying drastically so it just doesn't it, there's many different variables that they just haven't fixed or changed to make me give a shit about this especially when our as max said our parent company is happy with us that's all that matters and, and until we get on a station like tnt then i i don't want to talk about ratings because we're, what we have, you can say, you could mix around the data and you could say, well, you know, impact had this amount, but uh, if you multiply it by this and the reach gives a shit, it's not the same because the variables are not the same. I can't go flick through my channel or through my channels and find access TV on a basic cable package. Until I can do that, we can't talk about comparison or, or if these matter. Because right now they don't. And for anyone who says, oh, this is what companies look at, execs in Hollywood and TV. 
TV execs, yes, if you are moving from station to station as a as a created commodity, already pre uh, pre created commodity, sure, may, maybe they do take that consideration. But we're in a different age. They 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 take in other things consideration. You have other numbers elsewhere. They have they have ticks and and website hits. It's. I would love to know what Sesame Street does in the demo. What is its eighteen to forty five demographic? Right. right. <laughs> do you do you think people are when like Barney and friends? They're like, you know what, man, we got to cancel Barney. It's not hitting that eighteen to forty five yeah. demo because unfortunately, like, there's other things out there. It's it's just to me there's I think there's more to it than I think there's more to it than just the demo. There are. And it's just another thing, a dick measuring contest that, that people look at each week so they can yell at each other online. <clears throat> I just wish impact never agreed to release their ratings because it's a conversation that shouldn't be happening. It's with fans. Enjoy it. If you're they're gonna, a fan, they're going to get released no matter what. So that's the problem. No. Uh, if you don't register with Nielsen, uh, well, you don't have to. That's. Yeah. Anywho, moving on to a topic. I can sum up in one word as bollocks, but I'll get your opinion on it. Uh, I'm sure you've been aware if you're on Twitter, but past couple of days, last week's sorry, beginning of last week to now seems still raging on a little bit. Uh, some fans are now saying GCW, Game Changer Wrestling, is now the number mm. three wrestling show in America, above Impact Wrestling. I uh, believe started with uh, yeah, sure. Jeff, so you can kind of kick stuff yeah. from this one. Um, so I, I don't know, just like the ratings until we talk about it here, I, uh, I, I just like this, I didn't know that this was a thing. I didn't know people still talk about this, that they that they even think it's close to being accurate. And this isn't bias, as we say on here. Uh, we say multiple things, one friend, one fan at a time, of course. Uh, but unbiased, transparent, pro-pro wrestling uh, conversation here. So when I say this, I really mean it. I don't dislike GCW. I, as an adult, only have, uh, and a father, have only time in my life for one wrestling promotion and I dedicate that to impact. Do I dabble and see what everyone's doing and keep up and support pro pro wrestling? Yes. With that being said, GCW has a niche audience. It works for them, right? For the 1800 that sell out, they're having at Hammerstein ballroom. Kudos. Good for them. We're talking about promotion from 1999 to 2015 was called Jersey Jersey Championship Wrestling, as in New Jersey Championship Wrestling. The history of it, yeah, there are champions that have came through there that are of something, yes. Have they changed it and done a great job of marketing? Yes. Are they respectable in the sense of what they draw? Is it bigger than Impact has had in a bit? Yes. But you're talking about a show that's not even on television. Or a company that's not even on television. Am I wrong? Okay. No, no TV. From they, have, they have no television, which means their global reach is, besides maybe internet, if you want to look for it. And, and once again, this isn't an attack on them. I'm answering the question. There is no way in hell 
that GCW is number three. That then that narrative is created by a small group of wrestling people, be it people who hate Impact, be it people who write the sheets who want to make a narrative and, and write off Impact for whatever reason. Look, at the end of the day, I said this when we talked about the NWA partnership and Max alluded to it as well, or spoke about it as well. We're not going to just steal people's fan bases and we're not going to also just, with we'll open our arms and welcome them, but they're not just going to come over, okay? A lot of wrestling fans, just like sports fans and anything in general, it seems anything in life now, are sheep. That we're, we're sheep, essentially, in some way, fashion, or form. But I like to say we're loyal sheep. We stay with the herd. We are impact fans, right? These other people hear the other sheep say, whatever, impact sucks. Uh, we can't like it. That ruins your cred. We're going to hate on you if you like it. How many of those people, sheep, are going to have the balls to say, I like impact? I'm sorry. I'm not saying we're fucking, uh, you know, Mel Gibson out here with a sword. <laughs> But at the same time, we stick to ourselves for the most part. We get shit on and we leave ourselves alone. We don't think we're number two. We don't think we're number one. In more ways than one, I mean that. But I don't know. It's it just at the end of the day, it, it's silly. And for the narrative to be that because they have 1,800 fans at Hammerstein or, or whatever it is, I mean, it's not on TV. I don't know how else I can answer it. Their library is not... I just, I just don't fathom people's. So, can you guys hear me, by the way? Yeah. Okay. I thought I muted myself when I sneezed, but I realized I might not have. Um, so, first off, I barely know what GCW is. Um, I'm guessing it's that one that Matt Cardona was champion of against Nick Gage. Super, like, extreme wrestling. Okay. So, here's the thing. You are never going to be a mainstream promotion when your primary type of wrestling is super extreme wrestling like that. When you have a championship called the ultra violent championship, like you're not going to get there. Like it's, there's a certain group of people who love that, but you're never, it's never going to get on TV because TNT USA, no one's going to put on TV where Every match, people are bleeding all over the place. It's it's too niche of a, a group. And the thing is this. Do I think if Impact went to a 2,000-seat stadium, they could fill it up? Hell yeah, they could. But they've got to think about the fact that we're also filming episodes there for the next two, three weeks for the episodes. So are people going to come – are 2,000 people going to come back again? Are they going to be engaged? Or does it make more sense for us to film at a smaller studio? That's the thing. Like you said, they have no TV now. They have no TV show. It's just random shows. Like, how many, Jeff, you've been there. Um, VCW. At, how many people would you say fit inside that um, Masonic Temple? Oh, uh, um, 200 I mean, at the most? I don't two, know. 300? Three. That's a little pushing it. Okay. 200, though. They fill that thing up every single time. But they do a show once every three months. So people are excited about it. So that's the thing with like if they tried to, if they had a weekly show, they have filling that place with 200 people every week. And that's the thing with them. It's like they, 
like you said, they don't have a TV deal. It's every once in a while, here's a show, people are excited. This is my only chance to watch them. I can't yeah. watch them live. I'll go there. So, I mean, do I think they're number three? Um, maybe the number three hardcore champion, like wrestling. No, no, no. I don't know. I, I mean, don't want to take anything away from I, them. They're doing big things. They're selling merch. They're selling that. They're getting noticed. They, they do what they do. They, they have a good, they have yeah. a niche there and what they do. They have right. their fans. But un- unfortunately, you're only going to get so big until you're on TV. So. They are above ROH, though. I'll give them that much. <laughs> All right. So now moving on to the fifth and final. Um, now, I stress that it's only the NXT releases that are now free. But the releases from uh, whatever, the first, third, I don't know how many batch of releases they've done this year, but currently it would stand at... Uh, uh, I believe Ember Moon, Mia Yim, uh, uh, Katrina Cortez, Trey Baxter, Blake Christian, Scarlett Bordeaux, Only Lorcan, and Frankie Monet, Ty Valkyrie. As well as. He has released more talent. Hmm. Like, they've released the second best company in wrestling. If you just signed all their releases, you'd have the second best wrestling promotion in the world. I mean, you know, over the years, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as well as Jay Lethal and uh, Tony Nice and I believe the current ROH Pure Champion, I forget his name, apologies, I'm not too familiar with Ring of Honor, but all those three being part of AEW, how do you see Impact coming into this, Max? So, I mean, I definitely think there's certain people that Impact is going to target. I think John Morrison and Ty Valkyrie are definitely people that if I'm impact, I'm targeting because they've been with us before. Um, I I think you look at the people who were the people who used to be an impact, have any type of connection. You look to them and possibly consider bringing them back because a lot of them have, you did some really good character development with those guys. As much as I didn't like killer cross, like the way he left, he had a really good character. Scarlet had a really good character. You can bring them in and they can pick it right up. Right there. And just continue those characters. So I, I like that. Um, I, I think the way I would look at it if I was Impact, I would look at all the releases, whether it's WWE, ROH, anybody that it gets released, and look at your roster and say, where are our holes? And I would first try and plug your holes. Hey, our tag team division is lacking. Okay, was a tag team release? Yes, they were. Okay, let's grab them. Oh, our knockouts division is lacking. Okay, were the knockouts? Were there any women released? Yes, there were. Once you use that to kind of fill your holes, then you can look at the stars and say, are there any stars that we want to bring in? John Morrison, Killer Cross. Yes. Okay, now let's go out and go after those people. I don't think they. Impact is very smart about the way they add people to their roster. They don't just go out and throw. They're not AEW who sees every hot name and brings them onto the roster. And now you're trying to, you've got a 15 man tag match because you're just trying to figure out ways to get these people in. They're smart about who they bring in. And when people come in, they generally, they get used and they have a place in the show. 
So I would, if I'm looking at adding people, I'm looking at where are holes, let's add people to fill those, and then look at people with prior impact connections that we can bring back and kind of pick up where they left off. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, hard. I would want to mention that Impact and Eagle said Hard to Kill could have 4,300 people if it sells out. So Dallas area people. As long as it has more than 1,800, <laughs> I'm going to come on here and, well, not do a dance, but figuratively dance all over people and their shitty opinions. Now, as far as the free agents, we can sit here and we can, uh, you know, say, oh, I want this person, I want that one, and, and treat it like that. As long, you know, obviously, first and foremost, it, hopefully all these people get jobs somewhere along the way. I think there are other options. I know we touched on this beginning with Hakeem's uh, YouTube comments that we read out, but um, we did bring in a lot of people, and they all still have roles in the company um, or spots on the roster for the most part. So we're executing and bringing in the right people. But we also have to understand that these people uh, are looking for jobs, yes, A, but also have an opinion <laughs> and choose where they want to go. Uh, in the case of, of Lethal and Nice and uh, the ROH guy, um, excuse me for just bundling them up like that, the pure champion. I think when you talk about those three particular, particularly, we're looking at three don't, that don't really rely on gimmick or story or character development. Uh, you know, besides Jay Lethal having a little run with Black Machismo, um, he's not character driven. That's not his shtick. Uh, same with Tony Nese. It's not his shtick. So they fit there. Good for them. The problem is, is you have people like Kira and them that do go there, do get a chance. And then if it doesn't, they don't shoot up right away, then they're in the NWA getting to challenge for the Impact title. So, um, And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I just want I, – I think it's a shame that we have – yes, they these people are getting jobs, but they're not – they're trapped in something they, they can't really uh, – they thought it was something else, I guess. You know, that – that point you just said, that's a really good point I never thought about, that if you come into AEW and you aren't instantly fire, you get pushed down because the next thing that comes in is fire. So that's a really good way to think about it, that if there's not – there's no slow build. Like, yeah, you're there, and if you aren't – boom, if you aren't off running, then you're going to get left behind. Yeah, and as far as is my point, I'll try to wrap this up, but um, ties into the free agent thing is – of course, there's going to be people who start to get disappointed with their AEW run. Will they hate AEW? I don't see why they would. They were hired. They had a job. that I'm sure it was a great place to work. Unfortunately, they didn't get the push that they thought they would get or deserved. And you let them run out of their contract or you release them, whatever it may be. No hard feelings. I don't think this will make AEW look like a bad guy in any way. I want to make sure that I say that because they're not a bad person person for hiring someone giving them a job and then realizing eh, they just don't have what i need happens every day at the same time impact is building a reputation for being maybe a turned around company a family atmosphere which i think aw has a little bit of that family atmosphere as well as people say i don't know i know i'm not back there but um this feels like a tight-knit locker room that's trying to build something together so i, I also don't think they're going to bring in anyone that disrupts that at the same time AEW contracts are running up as well. There could be a swing 
where we get the under the Lucha Underground couples all back at once. And I mean Killer Cross, Scarlet, Taya and John, and Brian Cage and uh and Melissa. Yeah. So all of the Yeah, Brian Cage is So I, I think there's a very good chance that we get an influx, a big influx of talent very soon. Um I know there's a lot of people that are still butthurt over the Scarlet and, and whatever and uh, Cross leaving. Look, I, I will say this without digging into that. You don't know both sides. I'm not sticking up for any side. But I will say there's a lot more to a story than just they want out and they hate it here. And they're bad people. It's, it's There's there's beach ball theory, baby. Um, but with that being said, I, I think you could have a good crop like that would fill the... I mean, our roster is already stacked, but I, I think that would put us over the top. Uh, do I see that happening? I don't know. As Max said, yes, we need to fill spots, not just bring people in. But I think Taya obviously can fill a spot. She hasn't gone for that that tag yet. Uh, that would be cool. Deanna and her have history with the AAA as well. Um, you know, Brian Cage coming back and Melissa as a manager would be dope. Um, and I'd love to have them back. Uh so I, I think there's a lot of possibilities. Scarlet swallowing bananas. Oh, yeah. You know, that fills yeah. a spot there. I don't know what spot uh, that th- is. This but... is a poor transition, but I, I do want to mention this as well. I, I would like if we do need more solid tag teams, um, period. In the men's, uh, I think they did a good job. I said I wanted to wait to these tapings to see how I, I kind of – feel about the tag team division but they really did a good job of showing the brands of vbd the brands of the soldiers uh bands of inspiration uh DK. There, there's a lot of they're doing a good job uh the men's a little is is a little bit farther back so is there a tag team out there that's already created that we can uh put here i don't know uh, aop i guess is still available um uh, brazongo but it's kind of thin there so i think they need to build I would love Brazil. I think they need to build from within. As far as the knockouts, Taya could pair up with someone. I would like them to bring, what do we know her as, Brittany? Uh, Santana Garrett back. I think it's inevitable that Jordan turns. Uh, well, I don't know. Is she, is she too good of a face now that she's doing all these other things and, and we need to support her uh, journey in the weightlifting thing, which is dope. So that's free press as well. I don't know. But if she does turn heel, I would like, or if she wants to do something on her own, I would like to see Santana Garrett and Rachel team up because I think they could fit in really well together. They have a similar look, uh, similar kind of stick. I think it could work. Um, but other than that, I mean, I think anyone we get now is a bonus. Uh, I'll be happy with them. Uh, I think I could go on all day about that. I just think it's it's about picking and choosing and, and the people picking and choosing us at the same time there has to be a perfect uh you know cocktail for them to join i just think that seeing the things we're doing with jonah and josh and uh moose and morrissey i think we're going to be more of a old tna thing where we bring in some guys that may be perceived as wwe rejects which i don't agree with that narrative and we give them a shot, and they succeed. Or, you know, they exceed the expectations. Look at Cardona. I do want to mention that, and this is a segue because it's Craig's last show. Craig has been speaking of he couldn't believe Cardona was going to come here, and this is so great, and he's the best. Blah, blah, blah. I never saw that. I, I I didn't get that side of him, and maybe that's bias or 
whatever it may be, but to see that from a different perspective and now see him in impact, killing it. I really, I really think he is. The only thing I don't like is this. I don't want them to stick the throw him down our throat. He's our face guy because he's not. At the end of the day, we have to. If you're a TNA fan, NWA TNA fan, Impact fan, whatever you are, he's not an Impact guy. I I will say with Cardona, and once again, I don't watch I don't watch GCW, but I did see some of the stuff he posted mm-hmm. online after winning that title, where he came off like super oh, yeah. heelish. I thought that was great. I really like him as a heel. Amazing. I understand them coming him coming back. What'd you say, Craig? Amazing. Just yeah. So I, I understand like him. I understand people want like they want him to cheer for him. So I like that. But I think he'd be a great yeah. heel. Um, but I mean, we do need. I mean, right now I kind of think Josh Alexander is our face, but he's got some. Other, so I do. I mean, I think in this you need a face, but I do. I do hopefully think. I do think that he'll eventually transition to a heel. Hopefully. I agree, uh, especially with Chelsea. I think the time will come. I think the narrative and, and the storyline has to be built. I think the partnership is there, and he's he will become an impact guy. Um, he's bringing PBR. I, I firmly believe that. They're plugging uh, their podcast and their brand too much on the show for them not to be receiving something return. I said it on merch. The PBR deals uh, with uh, IPWF seems a little bit... Uh, I, I think Matt's going to be good for the company. I do prefer him as a heel with Chelsea. I think that'll be cool, and I'm okay with him winning the belt. Uh, he could be a he could be a I'm trying to think of someone who came out from a different company, won our belt, and we weren't really that upset with because they became a I don't want to say Anderson because I really never bought into him as champion. Um, what about no, be, no, yeah, because he was free agent on his own, chose to come to us, da-da-da-da. There's a different... Uh, we're talking a released person that's WWE known that came to us and we weren't mad about him winning. Matt Hardy? I don't know, maybe. Shamrock? No, that was like day one. Alright, well... Guy. Come on, that, that's, that's, that's a tough definitely. one. Was, well, at TNAIW channel us. We'll, we'll, it's already six minutes over and I want to give Craig some time to talk about his show and what's coming up and, and say goodbyes. Um, I do like that as well. I see that in there. LAX would be dope to come back as well. Um, if we can get them, that would be insane. I, I would like to think that, or I don't want to like to think, I would hope maybe they stick around to at least conquer that. They haven't won the tag titles there yet, right? No, they haven't oh, done anything. Okay. So no, there's just come home. Fuck it. They're just there. They're just teamed up with Jericho the and his buttholes, people. Or the inner circle or whatever. All right, Craig. Yeah. Why don't you sign us off, my friend? <laughs> yeah, so uh, I should to uh, starting next week, Thursday, the debut of Talking Bloody Nonsense. Myself and my new co-host, Nixon, we're talking everything from Impact, and we'll throw a little bit of Britress in there. If you're interested, come along, say hi. Uh, fun time. Like, we'll still maybe making the odd appearance on here for pay per views, etc. But new start time, new new show, sister show to this one. We hopefully can uh, keep the same amount of nonsense. But I guess until next time, which will be very soon, 
Goodbye, my friends. Oh, thanks, guys. Thank you, Craig. Uh, obviously, a pleasure. We still, it's not like we talk every day. Uh, but uh, more or less, uh, we're trying to uh, to grow and uh, to accommodate. And uh, this, I think, helps us spread our wings, uh, especially Craig. Craig's a big boy now. And we're uh, never growing up. So we'll be the <laughs> two immature nonsense talkers. And you, and you guys will be doing your show. Uh, but we'll have more information with that. And as he said, yes, we'll be doing sticking to our format of Saturday previews of the pay-per-views before they come out live on Twitch. So please subscribe here on Twitch. Hit that button. It takes you one second. You'll come here uh, every pre-show exclusive to Twitch. And then we will have a Sunday YouTube show uh, as a review show for the pay-per-view so uh hopefully get the ball rolling as soon as possible get in with them get familiar with them because they will uh, i hope be there for the first which would be the ipwf one coming up in a couple weeks uh and also guys look forward to the nonsensies making a return so there'll be a, a special there a nonsensies award for the holidays the end of year awards are coming back uh and uh if you have any recommendations hit us up at tnaiw channel as always, thank you. We love you guys. One friend at a time, one fan at a time. See you next time. Bye, guys.